The following podcast discusses subject matter not appropriate for children. Please use discretion when listening. This podcast and all linked or referred to materials should not be construed as medical or psychological advice, nor are our opinions a substitute for professional medical or psychological expertise or treatment. Listening and or responding to this podcast does not indicate that a professional or therapeutic relationship has been established. Hello, welcome back to Vanilla with a Side of Kink. I am Renee, here with my husband, Dan. Hello. And where we last left you was July of 2017. Dum, dum, dum. Okay, so unbeknownst to you guys, we have paused the recording and had to delete noises of Dan moving his step stool from underneath the table. Because when we played it back, you could, in fact, hear it. And I just want you to know why I do this. Because I listen to podcasts almost exclusively when I'm driving. And if there's a random background noise, I think it's happening in real time in my car. (sighs) And it freaks me out. So I work very hard to make sure there's no background noises um, that are going to scare y'all. that I'm not skilled at moving a footstool underneath my chair quietly. Well, what's funny is that if you start the episode, you don't do that. If I start the episode, this is not the first time you've moved the footstool when I started the episode. Mm, now they have to go back and listen to the episode. <laughs> which episode did I move the footstool on? So um, you're, all are, you're all welcome that you're not going to crash your car thinking some weird noise has just occurred in your backseat. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, so third weekend, July 2017 – we decided to host um, a Shibari expert come into town to teach our people. So we told you all about the weekend intensive we went to in Arizona. This was this was the same rigor instructor. Um, we decided, even though we took that intensive because we wanted to learn suspension so that we could add it to our curriculum and start teaching it, because this gentleman was such a good teacher. We're like, let's just see what it would take to have him come out. Like, can we afford it? Would the ticket prices be affordable for our people? Um, And so we did, and he brought his own bottom with him. So um, this is something that – have we talked about this recently on the podcast about how – Bringing in outside presenters is way more complicated than people think. <laughs> I don't know, but it certainly is. So, so All Set Up San Diego does not have its own building, right? No. If we had our own building, I think this would be much easier. But when you bring in an outside presenter, you have to cover their airfare, their lodging, their meals. Their transportation. Their transportation. So um, – so it's just it's a it's a it's a big deal. So they came in on Thursday, um, and I don't know, I guess Friday. I mean, like you said, transportation. Like they did, they did not rent a car. I think you loaned them your car when you went I to did. work on Friday. I did, and and they, they stayed. Sight saw they sight saw. Yeah, they they drove around San Diego, but they stayed at my dad's. Yes, remember the house that that we moved Dan's dad into, and then Dan would go there every day to work. It was a big enough house. There was an extra bedroom. So they stayed at your dad. So that's how we provided free lodging, which was very helpful. Um, But we still had to, like Dan loaned them his car for that. So they drove around on Friday while we both were working. Um, 
and they have to pay for all their meals. And then, I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a arduous journey. Arduous. Arduous. Man, another one of those $25 words. Arduous journey. So these two people were excellent and they were fun and we enjoyed their company, which me as the introvert is a huge statement to make. Um, and they were expert teachers. They did a great job. Um, so, and they taught beginning suspensions, pretty mm-hmm. much the same class that we took from him in Phoenix. Right. It, that's what I asked him to do was pretty much the same class that they did in Phoenix. Because, oh, and you also have to pay him for his time, by the way. Oh, yeah. You're going to pay, yeah, you got to pay the instruction time. Yeah. So, yeah, we asked him to come out because we thought the class that we went through was so good. And we knew we had a good group of people here in San Diego who were ready for that level of instruction. Right. We did. So it was it was our plan to have him come out and help kind of start that process of bringing suspension into San Diego in a, in a more advanced way. And it worked. Um, we had a lot of... How many cu- couples did we have? I'm not sure exactly the number of couples we had. We had at least 10, if not more. Um, most of them were from our 201 um, that was there. And they knew we were going to be going through some of this stuff going forward. And part of the other reason that it was important, I think I think this was our thought process, that, that they come in and teach is because we did not have adequately trained TAs. So we couldn't start teaching a suspension curriculum until we had at least one TA who could help. Yeah. And it, there was just so much to learn and understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I so greatly appreciated about this instructor was how much time he spent on the physics aspect of the ties and how, how he built built the structure of, of why certain things should be done certain ways. And it wasn't just put the rope here, put the rope here, and that will do this. It was when you put the rope here, it will cause this, and it will cause this to happen if you go this way, and it will cause this to happen if you go this way, and you don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. So he would get very, he would give a very thorough explanation. So one of my fondest memories, I'll say, well, I, I, you know, I love to think sometimes that I know something <laughs> and I love when I learn that I don't know what I think I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm comfortable with, with receiving that feedback. Sometimes that, sometimes it's, sometimes it's painful, but <laughs> sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize I didn't know what that was. Right. And so we were at my dad's and the instructor and I were standing there and he was going to kind of give me a little bit of private lesson. It was the way it ended up working out. And he said to me, so when you tie with this, well, how do you start your ties? And I showed him what's called a single column. And he says, well, why do you tie that? And I just kind of looked at it because this is what I was told. And I mean, and, and that was kind of the answer I gave him. And he goes, okay, but why? Like, why do you choose that? Why don't you choose one of these other ones that are out there? And, you know, there, there are three or four different ones that are pretty popular. Single columns? Though? Single columns. Okay. And I didn't have any answer for him. And he said, okay, well, what if I want to do this with this? And he showed me, you know, he gave me a specific task. And I tried to do that with the single column I was using. And I realized I couldn't do it. And I was like, well, I don't know. And he goes, <laughs> okay, this is this is important for you to understand. And he taught me how to be so much more intentional mm-hmm. with my rope. Like 
he he sat he he talked to me about the way I was thinking about applying the rope at almost a a strategic level. Like I mean it was it was so much thought into why am I going left or right or over or under? Why do I pull the way I pull? Why do, and it was so cool to watch and learn and my my like my brain, I felt like my brain was growing in this moment with mm-hmm. him. And I learned I felt I felt like I learned as much in that little thing over something as simple as a single column with him right as I did in the suspension class like it was like my mind opened up to a thought process the light bulb about the intentionality of rope placement that I didn't have before then and it sounds weird to say that today like why why you know there I it's like knowing you don't know something but you know it now, but you didn't know it then. And realizing you didn't know it then. Mm-hmm. And at that light bulb moment comes on and you're like, wow, how did I miss this? Why wasn't I taught this? Or maybe I was and I missed it. But I don't think I was. I don't think anybody was was taught the way this instructor taught this specific aspect. I don't think so either. Certainly not, um, not here. Yeah, not here. And... It was so cool to have that those that level of conversation with him for him to kind of give me therapy on my thought process. <laughs> and that has become a critical piece of instruction in our 201 class. What we did that day. Yeah. Cuz I we took that and we broke it down into the detail level so that I can help the students understand why we teach, why we teach. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is what gets me is I've always thought of myself as being a teacher of teachers, mm-hmm. but I realized in that moment, I was still the student so much about this that I didn't even understand how far so, I, I yeah, was. Yeah, totally. You don't know what you don't know. And so he opened that door and created an opportunity. And once I grasped it, cause I didn't grasp it initially either. It was like, well, why do I do, you know, and then I'd ask him questions. He'd go, oh, go think about this and think about this. And I'd go, oh, my gosh. And it just was a cascade effect uh, over everything. And that was on Friday. Okay, before the before intensive. Before the intensive. So I went into the intensive, and I wasn't taking the intensive as a student. I was taking the intensive as his TA. Right. I was there to help because we had such a big class. Right. I was there to help him because I'd just done, the cl- done this in May. I was like, I can help. And I I learned more as a doing that TA role yeah. and going from student to student than I did when I took the took the thing trying to tie on you because I was seeing all the things that people were doing I don't want to say incorrectly but not as the instructor showed it right now I couldn't have done that if I hadn't taken the class in May right so exactly I, I, I had to have that experience. But because I'd had that experience and I had learned the tie there and I'd worked with you on this, getting you in the air and learned the things that he had shown, me now working with all of our students that were there to learn and seeing how they were processing it was just just reinforced in me how this tie worked, mm-hmm. why this tie worked this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it was super cool to see. And in our... In both classes, he allowed us to video yeah. with our phones what he was teaching. Uh-huh. So there were lots of people taking videos that we were able to to kind of put together and share with each other. So 
it was exceptional uh, as as a teacher. He was an exceptional individual, and the bottom that he brought with him uh, did her first instruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, she taught a little bit about the bottom, about the bottoming side mm-hmm. at that event, and uh, and I'm sure there's stuff she taught that I still use today. Yes, so to teach, it was fun to see the growth that was going on. In it her. was without a doubt a successful um, class, a right. Successful intensive. But I think this was the last time we ever had an out-of-town presenter come in just because the amount of work that it took from like an hours out of our week perspective for the amount of money that we were able to bring in for All Tied Up to be able to help continue to grow grow our business the right direction. And um, it, just, it was just too much. It was just – it wasn't cost – effective and not cost what's the term you use in business or the return on investment was not yes yeah i I think there were a couple ways to look at the return on investment there one was what we were bringing to the community which is really what we wanted to do was to bring a level of of instruction that i couldn't bring at the time right and we did that but but since then like luckily, you know, Arizona's group does a lot, LA's group does a lot. So it wasn't like there was a dearth of of experienced people coming in to teach. We just like I said, if All Tied Up had its own building where we had a bedroom and a shower and, you know, a kitchen, that would have made a huge difference. Sure. Sure. Um so the the yeah the event was a success yeah without a doubt. However, this is where it's really sad uh, for me. Um, you know, we talked about going to the event back in November, where there were a bunch of people from people all over. It's where we had met to, this person the that first you time. had to apply to go right. to. Yeah. This is where we met this instructor the first time. Yep. And um, a lot of the things that were happening in our culture in 2017, um, things that were changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we had changed presidents. We changed a whole lot of things that were that were affecting people. And the Me Too movement had started. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of people that were being held accountable for actions that they had done. And about a month later from this end of this event, we learned that this instructor had done some things that he shouldn't have done. Yep. And um, it was a pattern for everyone. It seemed like a pattern for, for um, many of the top rope instructors at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh like most of the people that were in the leadership group for that big event in November, like half of them were gone, like had been outed for inappropriate behavior. Mm -hmm. And it was just painful to recognize that people had been hurt. And for sure, these people had been raised up and put into a position of responsibility and leadership. And and they'd used it incorrectly. They taken advantage of people in ways that were not appropriate. Mm hmm. Not that it's ever appropriate to necessarily take advantage of someone, <laughs> right, but, but right. being, you know. Well, and, and this guy, after he was, um, so basically so, several bottoms came forward to complain that he had done things without to them without their consent. Um, he 
his comment that I remember was he took full responsibility for it, but he did say um, something like the combination of being put on a pedestal and being really good at what you do created this like really, really bad headspace. Mm -hmm. One thing that we identified early on in all tied ups lifespan was that was it so much a violation of a consent or was it just there was no discussion of consent? There was there any discussion of consent? Was there a discussion of negotiation? Wasn't it also more of a global thing too? Like, oh, fresh. That's what I mean. I mean the global it, it was, c- consent, the global cultural change trickled down all the way to the gay community. Yeah. It was like a significant change. And as recognizing that I would say the, vast, vast, vast majority of people who had complaints brought against them were white men. For sure. Um, and that white privilege that mm-hmm. I've been able to have uh, all my life, not necessarily even understanding it, mm-hmm. but wow, mm-hmm. how that did not get conveyed well. You know, it was it, 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 just taking advantage of situations that were there in front of you. Right, because you don't have any... Your, your socialization and your privilege means you don't think about alternatives. You don't think, oh, am I being perceived poorly? Or, oh, is this a dangerous thing I'm to engage in? Like as a woman, I always think, am I being safe right now? I'm walking down the street alone at night. Am I being safe right now? Men, I don't think, have that thought nearly as frequently, if, if at all. So, so these people that had these complaints made against them just aren't even thinking about any other reality other than their own. Right. And that's the, that's the bottom line, unfortunately. You know, our upbringings make such a big difference. And I can try to put myself in the perspective of a woman or right. someone who is a different ethnicity uh, and try to understand that they were taught those lessons every day. Right. It was something that they lived with where... I didn't, and I didn't have that. Right. And so it's, you know, forcing myself to take that de- that breath and go, well, what is this like for them? Mm-hmm. That's that's a big piece of the puzzle. Well, and it's it's also understanding their experience. Like if, if you as a white male top are thinking, oh, did my bottom really seem like she wanted – that part to happen did, did she yeah i'm sure she did you're you're because you're you're that's your privilege you're thinking right if i had a problem with that i would have spoken up the societal pressure put on women for example as you know not don't speak up just shush be quiet you know women were told that as recently as what 1980s hmm. uh if not more recent, even. Yeah, and I cringe because it's like, how many times did I do that without even realizing? Right, that? sure, yeah. And, and it, well, and that's my point is you're never going to realize it if we don't speak up. It, but anyway, nonetheless, he was accused of a consent violation. And um, when that happens... You're just ostracized. Um, he was a he was a big leader in his local community. Yeah. So he lost a lot of of all of his credibility, all of his clout. He just kind of vanished. 
Which was just sad and unfortunate for all parties involved. Yeah. We were, you know, we felt fortunate to have had this, a really, really good instructor when we did and we needed it and we have carried on those lessons to this day. So anyway, okay. So then what else happened in August? No, now we're in August. This was, this was July, third weekend in July. The the fourth weekend in July. This was the last weekend in July. So we did. The last weekend in July? Yeah. So we did the intensive, then we had 201, then we did pride, then we did. No, there's this. still one more weekend because this was July 22nd. There's one more weekend in July 2017? <laughs> wow. All right. Hold on. I'm checking. The, there's nothing else of interest. The next interesting thing that happens is August. So here we jump into August 2017. And that first Saturday in August, that was my 30-year high school reunion. 30-year? 30-year. And I had never gone to any of the previous reunions but for some reason, I wanted to go to the 30th, maybe because it had been 30 years. And so I felt enough distance. I mean, I had a perfectly fine high school experience. I was editor of the school paper. I helped with yearbook. I was in student council. Like I, I was I was fine. I was not one of the popular kids, but I had my my place, I had my niche and I had good friends. But I, I don't know. I just never wanted to go to reunions before but for some reason i really wanted to go and there was something else that you had gotten invited to or we'd gotten invited to that saturday and i was like no you said you'd go to my reunion with me i can't remember what it was but um maybe camping camping that's been camping camping so that saturday went to my 30 year high school reunion we danced the night away um dan was a very a very good um, arm candy, very good arm no, candy. No, 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 no. You the hold on a second. Hold on a second. <laughs> you were the picture I have of her that night. She looked like a million dollars. She was absolutely stunning, and I was just like, "Wow, I get to be with this woman." Aww. I was like, "Wow." So. I, I felt everybody else was jealous. <laughs> I was very happy with that. I got the hot redhead. and uh, It was and, certainly a fun night, and we danced all night long. And when I met you, you weren't much for dancing. You didn't really, were you, you, like, just free dancing on a dance floor. You didn't really. Not really. never really had done that. Well, we've been taking line dancing. Well, that's we weren't line dancing. No, but but it, but it did help. Excuse me. us, pardon us. Everyone step aside. <laughs> We're going to do the electric slide. Don't mind us. <laughs> but I mean that I had been more become more accustomed to being able to be out on a floor. Yeah, or something. Because like you did that. good. I remember you did yeah. good. And then and then yeah, it must have been camping because the next day on Sunday we went. This was weird. We went to the campsite just for a few hours. Yep. Went to the campsite, sat around the fire, chit-chatted with our friends. Well, after the previous year where it was it was so fly flyageddon or whatever yes. we called it, where and 97 degrees. And, oh my gosh. Yeah, she was done. She was like, You're either gonna take me to a hotel mm-hmm. and we'll drive to the campsite when we're done, or I'm not going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean but going just for the day, I don't know. Just now, it, I mean, because at the time it didn't seem weird, but now looking back, it seems a little, seems a little odd. I I had fun just going up for the day um, and seeing people, but we didn't have all, you know, we didn't have food and we didn't have our, our our things that we would would like to have had. Right. So. And did we? Was this the last year we got invited? 
I don't think we got invited again. Yeah, I think that was probably last year. I think part of it was we weren't showing enough enthusiasm. That's probably true. For the camping, nor for the kinky part of camping. Oh. Which is fine. I've never been someone who takes offense at not being invited. I, I always understand the challenges of trying to create a guest list for whatever event it is. And and I've never taken offense if I don't get invited. But I do think this was, I don't think we were invited again. <laughs> but, so things happen. Fine. Things happen. But uh... And then August 9th was our first Ropetastic Romp. Which is our rope centric play party. Was also would have been my mom's birthday. August 9th was August your 9th, mom. oh, yeah. my mom's birthday. Yep. So that was our first romp. <laughs> Yay. And uh, so our romp event, which is still going today, mm-hmm. is different in that it's our only event where you can use things other than rope. Right. So you have to incorporate rope somehow in your play. But we're very, very lax on that rule. You can just literally drape rope over someone's shoulder and then spend the rest of the night hitting them with a flogger <laughs> if or you want. pouring wax on them or yeah. whatever other kink you want. Uh, but part of the part of the reason why we did this is we finally had a venue where we could that could support it. Yeah. Good. Um, so our move to the new venue opened up a lot of things. It opened up our ability to teach suspensions in the 201 class. It right. opened up our ability to hold events that were more kink appropriate because the venue had the St. Andrew's cross and the stretching table and the spanking bench and the medical table and all, and lots of beds and anything you would need to be able to, to have a kinky play party was there. It was nice. And it's still a very effective venue for us. Yeah. It's been, yeah. The romp has been going since then. So August of 2017, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, Hey, when a good thing works, it's a good thing. Yeah. You keep it around. Speaking about good things, uh, we're at the end of the episode. Oh, alrighty then. I know. Time flies when you're having fun. Or at least when you're chatting about things that are fun. <laughs> Reminiscing. Um, so if you uh, want to connect with us, you can reach us. Uh, you can connect with us on our Instagram account, which is Vanilla with a Side of Kink uh, on Instagram. Or um, at our website, uh, Vanilla with a Side of Kink.com. And you can leave us a message on there. And you can leave us a review. And you can tell your friends about us. That'd be That's awesome. The best way for podcasts to grow is by telling your friends. Yeah. But uh, until next time, thanks for being here. Take care. Take good care. <laughs>